Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in to Brewcast for Maze and Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Luke Yardy here with you, and as always, joined by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. We are here with you on Monday night, headed into Tuesday. Hopefully you're listening to this on a Tuesday, not wasting any time. And guys, we've got a lot to get to here today. Most importantly, we know where Michigan is going for their bowl game and who their opponent is, and I know that's going to uh, make for a good discussion. But how are you guys doing? Uh, doing well. And for anyone who listens to this episode and be like, hey, so these guys don't sound as good as they usually do. They don't sound as handsome as they usually do. Um, we're trying some other things out. Uh, the technology we were using before was giving us some problems on the back end. So uh, trying something a little different this week. So I guess let us know what the feedback is and we'll go from there. But yeah, doing pretty good. A week off. Uh, having, I mean, it's not a bye week, but... Having a third week off uh, this football season from not talking about a football game that Michigan's going to play um, actually helped to refresh the batteries a bit. I feel good. Um, you know, outside of basketball at Louisville last week, like that was kind of a slog to watch. But other than that, feel good, feel energized. The holidays are underway. We know where Michigan's going. Uh, so, yeah, I feel pretty good. 
Yeah, I, I mean, we had pretty much nowhere to go but up after last week's down, as is kind of <laughs> a tradition at this point in losing to Ohio State in football. You're going to come back with a lot of uh, frustrated negative thoughts, and that's, uh, I think, only fair considering what we watched on that Saturday in Ann Arbor. But, yeah, definitely some interesting stuff to look forward to. This basketball team continues to be one of the more surprising, interesting teams in the entire country. And football just uh, found out where they're going to play their bowl game and who it's going to be against. And it is – we could say this, and we'll, we'll get into the ramifications and what this game means. It's undeniable that this is a very interesting matchup. This is not Florida in the Outback Bowl or Citrus Bowl or whatever game they played them in. It's not South Carolina in the Outback Bowl again. This is this is an actual matchup that features two, and people will probably be annoyed to hear me say this about Michigan, but it's true. True, tr- two traditional, traditionally powerhouse programs in football. So that at least gives us something to talk about for the next month or so as we, uh, you know, go go forward until this final game of the season. Yeah, well, Michigan is looking for their fifth consecutive 10-win season under Jim Harbaugh, but uh, the Mountain going to be a little more difficult this time to get there as Michigan will take on Alabama in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, before we get into the actual game, what is that, what is that name of the company, and what do they do? The Verbo? Is, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Verbo is kind of like Airbnb for... I think it's the same type of deal for condos and, and things like that. Um, I believe there are new spots for this year. Also, uh, yeah. I think it would be the fourth 10-win uh, season in five years. I think you said five consecutive, but um, the little 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 uh, well-actually action there for you. But Oh, that, that's right. 2017 was not a 10-win season. We don't talk about that. That was very long. much not. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I erased that one from my memory. Yeah, yeah, that one uh, – Despite some of the, you know, how the last few seasons have gone, that one still feels like a per, an outlier that I, I don't see really being repeated. Um, yeah. So I understandable. It's, it's so it's a blip on the radar. Um, anywho, yeah, Verbo. Uh, actually, somehow when I when I saw who was sponsoring it, I kind of was like just going through my phone and like I scrolled over. I was looking at my apps and the app was on there. So I don't know if that's one of those like U2 album deals where it was just on my phone or something, or maybe I downloaded it to look at something at some point. But uh, yeah, uh, no free ads, but shout out to Verbo, I guess. Well, I, I got to ask, how are we feeling about this one? Because I kind of view it as a personally a win-win. I've kind of been seeing people upset about it or demoralized about having to play Alabama. I'm like, you know what? this is a good opportunity for Michigan. If they lose, like it's Bama, you know, Michigan's supposed to lose this game because they're not on that level. And people probably don't want to hear that, but that's kind of the, the truth of the matter. But if it is kind of a nice springboard headed into uh, 2020. Yeah. I don't think I necessarily believe in like season to season momentum or anything like that. Like if you want to make the case that 2015 into 2016, was that sure? I guess so. Uh, but I think that team was going to be pretty good regardless. Um, I, I think that, yeah, I have seen a lot of people categorize it as a lose-lose because, oh, well, if they win, people will say that Bama didn't care. They didn't play certain guys, yada, yada, yada. And if they lose, it's just going to be another embarrassing loss at the end of the season. And I'm like, like I said, I, I see it the opposite way. Like if you, um, 
you know, if you lose, you were supposed to lose. So big deal. It doesn't really change what the status quo is. But if you win, I mean, it's it, it shows that regardless of what happened against Ohio State, that the, the progress that you made down the stretch the rest of the season um, and the changes that you made heading into this year, that you're kind of in a healthy place right now moving forward. Um, yeah, Bama's probably going to have a decent amount of guys that sit out this game. Some reports say that a lot of those guys may come back. So so who knows there? But even if they do, I mean, you look at Alabama's resume this year, um, you know, all three teams that Michigan lost to, and again, it's the committee, it's not uh, analytics or anything like that, but all three teams that Michigan lost to, one of them is in the playoff, and two of them are playing in New Year's Six games. Uh, Alabama is not. And yes, I know, like, this is the thing that if you thought the recruiting gap conversation was exhausting with the Ohio State game, like, yeah, Alabama's got four stars and five stars backing up everyone else. So, yeah, that's that's kind of as recruiting gappy as it gets. But, you know, to have a chance to get your tent, you know, like, this is after the way this season went, this is as close to a playoff game or championship type of atmosphere that you could have asked for. If you said, you know, like I said, if we said in August Michigan was going to be playing uh, Alabama in January, we're like, holy crap, they made the playoff. But um, it's not that. But I think what this team has done a really nice job of doing is kind of, you know, there haven't been championships on the line for them since mid-October, late October. And they've done a nice job since then of kind of manufacturing um, ways to be motivated. And I think this is... I think this they'll this they have nothing to lose in this game. I think they'll get up for it. I think you know to me the vibe I'm getting right now from the Alabama side of things is eerily similar to the vibe we put out after the Ohio State game last year in terms of the fans don't care about the bowl game. It was you know they they came they're ten and two. The season was a disaster. Yada yada yada. You're gonna have guys sitting out. It kind of feels like the shoe's on the other foot this time. And would I be surprised if Michigan went out and won this game? No, I don't think I would. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they lose it either. But you know, I think it says a lot that, that Vegas comes out and says Alabama's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And again, you could take that with a grain of salt because we don't know who's going to be playing for this uh, in this bowl game for either team. But, uh, yeah, I think it's exciting. Anytime you have a chance to, to play a blue bud, it's a game to get up for and, and – you know, see what happens. Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I put out a, an eight-second video yesterday that I thought was just kind of this throwaway thing that ended up blowing up of me being dismayed that Michigan is matching up with Alabama in this game. Like, you hear you hear Alabama. I mean, that's a buzzword. That's <laughs> That's a trigger word in college football nowadays. And when you go through the line, with the exception of Ohio State, when you think of every Big Ten team that Alabama has played in the last decade, it's been ugly. You know, Michigan and at uh, AT&T State, or yeah, AT&T Stadium, I believe, or Cowboy Stadium, in 2012, Michigan State in uh, the Capital One Bowl in 2011, at, during the after the 2010 season, um, Michigan State in the playoff in 2015. You know, it, it's it's a lot of a lot of ugly results, a lot of blowouts. Um, so I wasn't I was a bit dismayed to hear that. I'm not I'm not completely counting them out. 
you know, it, it, weirder things have happened. And yeah, I guess it is very possible. And we've seen Alabama come into games like this that haven't been playoff games or championship games and be fairly apathetic. We saw it against Utah back in uh, 2008, right really before the Saban dynasty began. And in 2013, after the kick six game, which was right in the heart of the Nick Saban dynasty. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Michigan wins this game. I would I would be shocked. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I think Michigan's deflated right now, as good as they've been over, you know, uh, coming into the Ohio State game. And we, we've we talked at length uh, when it comes to the Ohio State game about a talent gap. And you're not going to get much more of a talent gap than going up against Bama. And I understand that this Alabama team is not – Last year, it's not 2009, it's not the 2015 team, but it's still insanely good, you know, obviously without Tua, but a backup quarterback at Alabama is still probably going to be an all-conference quarterback in most other places, and I'm sure Mac Jones will do a a fine job. And as underwhelming, quote-unquote, as Bama's season has been, they lost two games by a combined eight points. You know, they're they're not schlubs, (laughs) and I'm I'm surprised it's only six points. I would probably, not a betting man, take the points in that game. But look, I think one thing that we've seen from Michigan or that I would like to see from Michigan is kind of what we saw against Florida back uh, in Lloyd Carr's last year where that was an inspired Michigan team with a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of seniors that had underachieved that you saw come out in a, you know, against a, what was a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and a Hall of Fame coach and Urban Meyer and uh, and really kind of put the hammer down and play play a tremendous ball game and open up the playbook. I think it's not out of the realm of possibility you see something like that from Shea Patterson, who will you now all of a sudden there's been these weird rumors about him. Um, I think Ant Wright started this about the possibility of a fifth year, uh, you know, uh, NCAA appeal. I'm not going to get into that, but most uh, it, likely his let, last game. Let me game, squash that right now. It won't happen. Because okay, you I, you, I know you can't proactively go back and, and change that's yeah, it. it's not a re- it's not a retroactive thing. I don't think it's not. We lo- yeah. we love Ant, but that's just not going to happen. No, and and I agree, but I just uh, I I bring it up with a caveat because I guarantee as if there's one person listening who says, well, it's not exactly true, I'll be pissed. So I had to bring it up. But yes, <laughs> we, what will be Shea Patterson's final game at Michigan and a lot of guys' final game at Michigan? Uh, the possibility that they step up because this is this is like you said, Anthony, as close as they've come to a championship game since playing at Michigan, at least as far as the postseason goes. They've had several play-in games against Ohio State to get to the Big Ten Championship, but this is uh, this is a big stage for them. People will probably t- try to downplay it, but you play Bama on national television in a bowl game, that's a big deal. And they have an opportunity for and this has become a, a much maligned and much parodied phrase now, but what would be a program win? They, beating Bama and going, uh, putting together another 10-win season, I'm with you, Anthony. I'm not super uh, down on the whole you know, momentum going from one season to the next, but it would be a, a phenomenal thing for this program, which did underachieve this season, to hang their hat on going into 2020. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a, a momentum thing, but I, I think it maybe sets the tone for the offseason a little better, right? Like, I, I feel like Michigan coming out against Middle Tennessee, I don't know if it had a whole lot to do with that Florida game, but man, did it kind of feel like an extension of that game when you looked at it. But this is a way different game, I feel like, than last year's game against Florida. 
Michigan, like I know, Chris, you alluded to, you think Michigan's down right now. I don't. I, I, I agree with you, but I don't think they're like as down or as deflated as they were a year ago. That was the most deflated I think I've ever yeah. been as a Michigan fan, and I think that was the most deflated team that we would have ever seen. I think this is way different because they're going to view this as much more of an opportunity. We kind of got sick of playing Florida. I'm sure the players kind of got sick of seeing Florida as well. Um this is Bama. Like, you're always going to get up for Bama. And, and unlike last year, like, who are some of the guys? We obviously haven't heard this. Like, who are some potential guys that would sit out? There's no one like a Rashawn Gary or a, a Chase Winovich really on this team in terms of draft stock or Devin Bush. You know, uh, the only guy I can maybe think of is maybe Josh Uche, who has already foregone his uh, potential final season at Michigan. He says he's um, playing, though. Maybe he put yeah, it in his right. statement. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, like, I that's the see, only thing I can think of. Maybe one of the receivers? Yeah, I was going to say, I could see one of the receivers maybe, but I don't even know. Like I said, now's about the time where they you start getting draft grade stuff in. Um, yeah. I think if I were a betting man, which, again, I'm I'm not usually, but um, I, I, I'm willing to bet one of the receivers comes out this year for sure. Two of them may, but I think one of them definitely will sit out the bowl game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I don't yeah. want to speculate on that too much here because it's still early. But, um, yeah, I mean. Well, back to back to my point here is that, like, this is going to be a team that's pretty much at full strength, unlike a year ago where some of those guys we, we barely saw all season. You know, Haskins kind of being one of them. You know, he got, he got a few carries in that game last year, which actually translated this year a little bit. But. Uh, like Shay's going to play. I I think all the offensive linemen are probably going to play. And really this Michigan offense has kind of been humming and finding their stride down the stretch, even against Ohio state, the offense moved the ball just fine. Just stupid, stupid mistakes, man. Um, it, this is, this is a pretty good opportunity for Michigan in, you know, program win. I, I love it because we're using it both ironically and unironically a little bit, you know, but uh, I, I think it would make a pretty big impact on the program moving forward. If they're able to get a win against Bama. Yeah, and the thing about it too is that, and I might just be talking on my rear end here. I haven't done no, I haven't started Alabama prep yet, so to speak. Uh, the coaches and, and all those guys are ahead of me in that regard, but I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that this is Bama's worst defense since Nick Saban's first year. So, yeah, I think you can move the ball on them a little bit, and I think that you are a little more prone to keep up in a shootout if that's where it goes. Um, so I look at this matchup, and it's weird. Like I feel weird saying this because what did I, what did I say most of last year, and then you know, really I, I continued to say it throughout this year. I can't, in good conscience, give them the benefit of the doubt to win a big game. But you know what's weird here? I I don't know what it is. It's a gut feeling. You could, you could call it what it what it is. I feel similar heading into this game that I did going into the Notre Dame game in terms of, you know, people were kind of treating that as a death march. Yeah, on paper, you know, given what the two teams have done up to that point, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like, a, you know, doom was on the way, but I, 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 I'm not going to be surprised if they win this game. I'm not. And and I think, like I said, they haven't won a bowl. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is one in three in bowl games. They haven't won a bowl game since that 2015 season when they beat Florida in you guessed it, the Citrus Bowl. And 
You know, like I said, it's just to go. I don't believe in momentum uh, because it's such a, especially when you know it's such a day to day, week to week type practice to practice type thing. But if you could just go into the off season with a good taste in your mouth, a positive taste in your mouth, you know, it makes your game prep or it makes your prep in the spring a little bit more loose. It makes fall camp a little bit more loose. And when you look at the schedule that Mich, I mean. Let's just go ahead here real quick and look at Michigan's schedule. Like They're going to open up at Washington next year, and they get Penn State, Wisconsin at home. They get, uh, I believe they play Minnesota on the road. They'll go to East Lansing in those first seven games of the year. Like, if they, like, they could get off to a good start next year, sort of like that 2016 team did, because a lot of those guys are going to be back um, from this team for next year's team as well. So, um, like I said, I mean, I don't necessarily believe in momentum, but, you know, you look at what's ahead of them and, and what you have a chance to do. Again, it's not going to change recruiting all that much because most guys will have signed already, and, and I don't think it shifts the balance, you know, the balance of power, so to speak, there. But um, I think, what, like I said, what it, what, what it could show is that Michigan – is in good hands and, and that they're in a healthy place. And if they lose and they get shelled by Bama, I don't, I'm not going to feel any different about them than I do right now. Like it's not going to really change what the status quo is. So, um, like I said, I, I see this as a win-win, no matter which way you slice it. Chris, any final thoughts on the game before we uh, move on to the hoops team? Yeah, I mean, bowl games in general are crapshoot at this point anyway. They've become so watered down with guys not playing and just in general a majority of the bowl games with the exception of uh you know the playoff games are essentially all consolation prizes at this point but you know it would be a great step in the right direction uh, to win this game i'm depending on the result if they get blown out if they get their doors blown off it's going to be another long off season i mean it'll be another offseason where you lose your last two games of the year in ugly fashion and we're going to have an, an entire offseason of who belongs here, who doesn't, who's coming back, who isn't. So I think just keeping it close would be a, a you know, keeping it respectable would be a, a solid a solid starting off point. Uh, that, that's that's really all I have to say for now. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think that this is a, an absolute lose lose. You know, I don't I, I can't say it's a win win either. I think the, the result of the game and how they play is going to determine how we look at not only this team but probably kind of this season as a whole. Possibly. I honestly just want to see the team come out and compete. To be quite honest with you, last year the team kind of gave up early in the game. You know, it happens yeah. in bowl games sometimes. But uh, honestly, just competing for four quarters against Bama, I think that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, one of the teams, obviously, that we don't really have to worry about that. We see this team play hard all the time. The Michigan Hoop Squad, obviously, off to a great start. 8-1 and one on the year. 1-0 uh, and oh now in Big Ten play after a 103-91 victory against Iowa. Uh, man, I, I didn't get a chance to watch that game. Uh, I was on the road calling my own games, uh, a little high school basketball. But, man, I was following along on my phone. What a uh, What a wild game this was, man. It was something. Uh, the Luca Garza show. Uh, who will, yeah. who will ever forget where they were the night that <laughs> Luca Garza dropped? I think forty four, and Iowa still lost by double digits. I mean, good God! Like they absolutely. I was zoned. Like Iowa. Here's the thing about Iowa: is that for like Fran McCaffrey's a good coach, and they're generally speaking a a pain in the ass in the Big Ten. But they would really be like not only just like a pain in the ass and a pest. But like, uh, you know, someone who could legitimately maybe compete, you know, in the, the middle rung of the of the Big Ten, if they could play a lick of defense, right? Um, yeah, that 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 game was something else. Um, Chris, what were your thoughts? I'll share some extended ones here in a minute. No, I, I'm I'm with you on that because that's that's a good Iowa team. I mean, there's some there's some legit players on that team. You have a star in Garza, but then you have guys like Bohannon and McCaffrey's kid as well who, who can who can shoot. Not a bad team. Uh, our guy Drew Hallett uh, tweeted the stat that they're what like 106th in the country in defensive efficiency, which no Big Ten team should be. That's insane. But a lot of it, look, we're uh, we're talking about uh, what Iowa's. Uh, defense didn't do but it's a lot more about what Michigan's offense did this team is so shockingly deep offensively you had six guys who put up double double figures on uh on Friday you got you got guys who were making threes guys who were driving a breakout game by Brandon Johns who was awesome on Friday I mean a a force on the glass hit some shots I won't necessarily call it a breakout game, but a much healthier game by Franz Wagner. Um, Isaiah Livers continuing to do his thing. John Teske continuing to be one of the better big men in the Big Ten, maybe even maybe even in the country, depending on how he develops. It's amazing the development of some of these guys offensively. Defensively, not their best game. We know that. But I was impressed that a team as good as they've looked, and as, as fun as those first six games were, team in general – had been yet to face any adversity. The the bright lights are on you. You go to Louisville and and you play kind of a dud of a game. Uh, I think a big part of that is Louisville's a team that's probably going to compete for a national championship this year. They were a swarm defensively, and Michigan had no answers, at least in the first half. And in the second half, they had good looks, and they just missed them. You're going to have probably a handful of ball games every season. If you're an elite team, you're going to have a handful of ball games in a season where your shots just aren't falling. Unfortunately, despite the fact it was a big game, that was one of them. That also came across like a team, and I was worried this would happen, that after playing three games in three days in Atlantis, was gassed, and I got that impression against Louisville. But you come back, after, you know, against Iowa, they clicked the reset button, and they played 
phenomenal basketball. The most points I believe they scored in conference play since what was it like? It was it was in the nineties. It's been a long time. I I, I feel like I, I should remember it, but I, I don't off the top of my head. Uh, a remarkable offensive performance, and this team is set up really nicely right now because of their depth. And I brought up the fact that there's going to be some games where those shots just aren't going in. And that is true. But when you have a lineup with seven, eight, nine guys who can shoot, if just a few of those guys can get those threes to start falling, you can win some of those games on nights when maybe your shots aren't going in. And, And I think that this has all of a sudden become a team that in what is a stacked Big Ten. This is an unbelievable Big Ten lineup this year, and I'm really looking forward to watching it. Uh, this could be a team that could potentially uh, compete to, if not win the conference, uh, make a run in the tournament. We got a long ways to go, but there's I've been nothing but impressed by what we've seen by John Howard's crew so far. Yeah, and it does not get any easier coming up on Wednesday night, traveling to Champaign to take on an Illinois Fighting Illini team that almost took one. In Maryland against the number three team in the country, man, that Callaway shot was incredible. But uh, like you said, Chris, man, this team is so deep. And they're, I don't know about you guys, but I'm having a lot of fun watching this team. They're yep. playing a little more up-tempo. They're getting a few more possessions per game than they were under John Beeline. Uh, it, it's just a fun team to watch. Once Franz Wagner really starts to come into his own, look out for this team. And, and Anthony, I, I think it was you that tweeted this. Something about if Jawan Howard can uh, find a way to make Austin Davis a useful piece, just give him a lifetime contract right now. Was that you? Uh, that was not, but it sounds like something I would say. Yeah. Okay. That's that's definitely. Yeah, I, I referred thought that. to him as the. I mean, I went movie reference here as I tend to do. I refer referred to him as the Zach Siler of developing big men. That's a uh, she's all that reference. That's wow. You're really going digging deep into the well there. That's right. That's what I do. Uh, deep cut. But I. Man, it has been some of the production that we're getting, especially out of like Eli Brooks. You know, last year, it seems like he was playing with absolutely no confidence. This year, he's just firing on all cylinders and firing from everywhere on the court. I'm having a lot of fun watching this team, but it is – the schedule is brutal. I don't know who – like when they decided to do this, but you think about taking on UNC and Gonzaga back-to-back days, coming back and taking on Louisville – and then, you know, you get one with Iowa, but then you're on the road to Illinois and then home to Oregon before you finally get a break against some cupcakes. It is. We're learning a lot about this team real early on. Yeah, well, well typically it, the way that especially Big Ten scheduling has been arranged for the longest time, it's you play two or three good teams early in preseason. And you, you usually have about a month, maybe more stretch where you have a lot of really winnable games. Maybe you'll have a, 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 a dud in there somewhere but the way things are arranged now where six games into the year you're playing big 10 opponents you're playing conference opponents that stretch of cupcakes doesn't exist anymore and i think it's going to make for a more competitive deeper conference we're going to find out earlier in the season now now more than ever which teams are contenders and which teams are not because right off the bat you're playing if if not really good out of conference opponents legit in conference opponents as well yeah, I mean, this this Big Ten is after now that Michigan State, like I said, I'm not out on them at all. Um, they've had they have some struggles. They have a few more concerns than I thought they would have. But yeah, at, now that they look now that they look mortal, 
I have no idea who's winning this conference because I think that Michigan is further along than we expected them to be. Um, I mean, the third, fourth, and fifth teams in the country right now are Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan. Michigan State's not even in the top ten right now. So it's one of those things where, like I said, I think this kind of became a wide-open year out of nowhere. Uh, And it was sort of going to be like that from, like, you know, I had a pretty good feeling that Maryland and Ohio State would kind of be duking it out in, for that that one, two, and three spot with Michigan State. But after that, conference is wide open, and everyone was kind of pointing, poking fun at Michigan State on Sunday for struggling with Rutgers. But that's a Rutgers team that might be like an NIT or a bubble, NCAA tournament bubble team. Uh, yeah, Purdue I think is five and three or six and three right now, and that's misleading. Their schedule lightens up. We know that team's going to be in the mix. So um, if you just look at Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Maryland, Purdue, that's five teams right there. And then, also, you know, Indiana's playing well right now. Um, take, take your pick. I mean, this is top to bottom. Things are might be pretty tight. And when you look at Michigan, I mean, we knew they were going to play a tough schedule. And the question was, okay, well, how are they going to perform? You know, go compete in Atlantis, uh, compete – you know, at Louisville, see what happens, see what kind of record you can come out of non-conference play with. Now we're looking, we're going into a week now where they play Illinois on Wednesday, and they're going to play number 10 Oregon at home on Saturday. And then after that, I believe they play UMass Lowell and, and, and Presbyterian. I forget which order it is, but if you get through these two games this week, or even if you split them, I mean, there's a good chance you, you're heading into conference play as a, you know, a one or two loss team. And I don't think any of us expected that right now. And and what's your first game in conference play? You're going to East Lansing to play Michigan State. So I, I am so I'm I'm so excited to see where this team goes from here because it really does feel like they're not even really you know I think that the thing that I'm most caught off guard with, like Chris said, is how deep they are. But it just feels like there's a lot there to be unleashed just in terms of Franz Wagner. And, and if you can pare down some of these turnovers, man, yeah, I mean, this is – they're going to be right back there in the mix. And and maybe, maybe just because of how deep they are, they might be better than last year's team. And I want to ask you one final question uh, about this team. We said it, you know, our first time we talked about this team – coming into the season. We didn't know what Jawan Howard was. We didn't really know what Michigan had. We said our expectations were pretty much make the tournament, maybe make a run to the second weekend. That's kind of what we were hoping for. How much have the expectations changed now since we've seen this start? Is it going to feel like a failure of a season if they don't make it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? Like, What do you guys think about the expectations for the remainder of the season? Well, here's the thing. Like, College basketball, even more so than college football. Like Michigan football's expectations changed after they lost at Wisconsin, or really right. even after they lost at Penn State too. Um, you know, I think that in a college basketball season, the expectations, you know, it really just kind of depends on where you're trending. That you know, in those last two or three weeks heading into the tournament. Now we've seen like Michigan in 2013 struggle down the stretch and, and made the national title game, but more often than not. How you're playing in in February, heading into March, or late January into February into March, whatever it is, uh, is going to kind of determine what your ceiling is. Now, right now, this looks like a team that is one of the ten best teams in college basketball. So, 
with that in mind, yeah, if you don't get into that second weekend of the tournament, yeah, that would be a disappointment. I, I wouldn't call it a failure. I'm not going to call anything that Juwan Howard and his team does in the first year a failure. Uh, I, I actually think to a certain extent, this group is due to come crashing down to earth a little bit more yeah. because they are still so young because there are, you know, the rigors of conference play. We'll see how Howard and his staff are able to get through that. Uh, I don't expect them to, you know, to head into March at, you know, 28 and four or whatever their possible record could be. Um, there are going to be some bumps in the road and they're going to come back down to earth. And people will say that non-conference play was a fluke. Uh, you know, I, I will reserve judgment on that until we see the total picture. But right now, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, th- this is what the failure. The failure would be missing the tournament entirely at this point. Right. Anything other than that, I, I'm, you know, in year one, and, and we'll see. I know there's, you know, there, there's stuff out there on Isaiah Todd and what the future could be, things like that. You get through this year, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, this is a tournament team now, and, and anything anything more than making the tournament still to me is gravy considering what we've seen, but there's a lot that still needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, this team's making the tournament and that would, that's fantastic because when it was announced that beeline was leaving before we knew who was going to be brought in and before we knew what Juwan Howard was capable of, I think I was probably one of the first to really say that I felt like this was a basketball team that might not even make the tournament. And I mean, in hindsight, I regret that a lot, but that would be the, the, the only thing I would really consider failure at this point w- would be missing out, but they're not going to do that. They're, I mean, they're already in, they, they have enough quality wins at this point that, that they're probably, they'll probably end the year if they, assuming they don't get another quality win and they already have at least two, probably more that, and that's a couple more than a lot of other tournament teams might have. So, um, that would be the only failure at this point. Obviously we talk about how expectations change throughout the season. If something crazy happens and they go into the tournament as like a two or a three seed and they get popped in the first weekend, it might be a bit of a different story, but right now they've exceeded expectations so much that it's hard for me to, call anything they do at this point uh, a disappointment but expectations change and we know that going to be a fun rest of the season keeping an eye on this michigan basketball team we'll have a lot to recap on next week's show and we're going to continue to talk about that new year's day matchup with alabama for the football team but right now chris tell us where we can find you on social media uh, well, you can find me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0-1-4. Videos aplenty. Uh, we, we're talking Michigan sports. We got MLB free agency. Uh, tons of movie reviews. I've seen a ton of movies lately. There's a link to my YouTube page in my Twitter bio. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with that right now, but there are videos that you're welcome to watch, including best of stuff from this most recent Tigers season. Uh, my Snapchat is the same as my Twitter handle, and if you want to see me on Instagram, you're welcome to. That's Chris Castle 95 That's C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-95. Please follow me on all those platforms. Anthony, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Anthony. Uh, I can't talk today. Anthony T. Broom. Uh, you can follow the website at Maze and Brew. You can get our shows, podcasts, audio content, anywhere you get your shows Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those great spots. Just search Maze and Brew Podcasts. And uh, yeah, that's, I don't have anything to add. You can find me at 
Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure to follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page at Brewcast Show. And that's going to do it for us here today. Remember to subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows. We really do appreciate it. And content where you get your podcast by searching Maze of Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. We'll be back tomorrow with another podcast from Maze of Brew, and we'll be back next week on Brewcast.